Let's talk about baby making for a second because it's really not as simple as it's made out to be, meaning there's just factually a lack of knowledge surrounding how to get pregnant. And kind of, you know, for many of us, we spend our lives trying to prevent unwanted pregnancy that when you do want to conceive, there's almost a lack of understanding and resources, which is why I want to introduce you to Free to Fertility. Free to Fertility is the only one-stop shop that makes it easier to make a baby with a set of solutions for everything from egg and sperm health to ovulation tracking to conception aid. And basically what Frida is doing is simplifying the journey to parenthood with products that help you go from trying to making a baby. And their products are innovative, easy to use, accessible, from ovulation prediction to at-home insemination kits. They're kind of revolutionizing the conception aid game with the at-home insemination kit, which is almost, you can think of it as like a modern, effective solution to the turkey baster. This is baby making simplified. Find Free to Fertility on Amazon, Target, and select CVS near you. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode of our Kardashian bonus show. Hey, Jewel. Hi, Em. A lot going on this week. Big Kim and Pete week. This trailer, Julie. This trailer. The last 10 seconds of this trailer... When he throws his phone like that, when Kim says, do you want to come shower with me? I I can't. But that is the exact energy that we should all be desiring. You are 1000% correct. Yes. Also, it's very humanizing because it's like any single person, woman, man, gay, straight, I don't give a shit. If Kim Kardashian asks you to shower, you're throwing your phone. So then for the person that's actually dating her to do that, it's just like, yeah, you're one of us. (laughs) what a hilarious way to put that and then so okay we're all recovering from the trailer the last 30 seconds and then boom she fucking hits us with that slideshow instagram of them just casually hanging out in what appears to be palm springs which the casual nature of that is both what i'm obsessed with and also can't fully wrap my head around like somehow i was having a better time adjusting to them on the met gala red carpet than i am to them just hanging out it's the casual nature of it you're right and even the carousel post on Instagram of them just hanging out paired with him, like throwing her phone when she casually says, do you want to come shower with me real quick? Like to me, those two moments, like, I don't know, like, I don't want to say it brought everything together for me because it didn't. Like I am continuously living in this perpetual state of shock that this is going on. But at the same time, like I'm so fully on board and I so get it and so see it. But my question is, are we ever going to get out of this perpetual state of shock? Because I would have envisioned that it would have worn off by now, and it just hasn't. I mean, when she posted that Instagram, we treated it as if it was their first ever post together, which why? (laughs) Like, Yet, duh, they obviously hang out in Palm Springs and sweatpants. It just still feels shocking. And I don't think that's just us. I mean, obviously, we're on the far end of the spectrum because we're overly enthused about all of this. But I have to imagine if you're listening to this, you care on some level. And you can probably still agree that it still feels new and exciting. Uh, From what I've seen and from the way that people react to it in our DM specifically, everybody is on the same page as us with like, I can't get enough of this content and I will never fully comprehend that this is a thing that's happening. Well, I think that also this takes a really different turn when you see these photos being posted, that preview, and then Pete's on Kevin Hart's podcast talking about how he wants more than anything in the world to be a father. And that conversation, not that we didn't know that, but I think that brings a level of seriousness to this entire situation because Kim in that interview said, you know, she thinks she's going to have two more kids. She thinks she will probably have as many kids as Chris had, which is six. And we know for a fact she's not having those with Kanye. So I don't know. To me, I just consider the very real possibility that if they were to stay together, they will have children together. You know, that's a non-negotiable for him. And according to her, it's something that she's very open to. So I think that takes me out of this like playful world and trying to cement myself into more, holy shit, this could be it for them, which I still am not there yet. Don't get me wrong. I am not there yet. I haven't fully considered that reality. I guess just hearing him talk so freely about what he desires for the future in conjunction with hearing her openness. Yeah. It makes a girl think. Yeah, of course. And the fact of the matter is, is we know that these are obviously conversations that are going on for them behind the scenes just so funny to like talk about their life as behind the scenes, but it is. And there's no way that Pete is sitting on 
Kevin Hart's show saying that his greatest desire in the world is to be a father and have kids of his own. And that's not also a conversation that's happening between Kim and Pete when deciding their future. And there's a part of me that has to believe that Kim has said to him, like, if we get to that point, yes, I am willing to have kids with you. I am willing to have more kids because if she didn't, if that was a situation where he was on a show saying that and she was at home saying like, no, I'm done. I can't imagine this relationship continuing. No. And also that's just not how Kim operates. She's too much of a straight shooter in that regard. She's not going to string on this guy for months and months, potentially years, if she had no intention of really following through with that. Clearly it's something that she's willing to do, which by the way, just because she's willing and just because he's in desire, it doesn't mean that they're going to do it. There's also the very legitimate third option, which is that they break up and none of these conversations ever really need to be completed. But just the fact that it's even a thought, I think is wild to me. Right. At the very least, you know that, or you can assume that this is something that Kim has said she is open to, which to me is huge. Well, just in terms of the trailer, we see Kim say, so I have a new boyfriend. Where if we go back to season one, the introduction to Pete was really her saying, so I met Pete Davidson in SNL and she explains that story. And here when we were watching that, all we wanted, what we were desperately craving was to get every moment of the behind the scenes of how they first interacted and how they first went out. And now I have to imagine we're going to be wanting how it went from just this casual kind of hookup and in her words, her being DTF to then them being boyfriend, girlfriend. And hopefully that's also a play by play she'll give us. The... I was just DTF to So I Have a New Boyfriend Pipeline. I am so grateful for this content. M, the fact that this comes back in September, like, do you understand the fact that we are talking about this and analyzing this trailer and it is not that far off from us being able to actually watch the episodes? No, we're about two months. I have to tell you, I mean, we said repeatedly, I think we actually spoke it into existence. We were like, it's going to be the fall. It's going to be the fall. Can't imagine it's not going to be the fall. We were praying for September because technically, you know, the fall, you got a few months there. And they just delivered. They were not kidding when they said that in in all those press interviews that they did before the first season of, yeah, it's going to be a faster turnaround time. And we were kind of like, we understand the intention, but clearly it's the execution needs a little bit of work. But they got their execution together for season two. Well, when season one ended, I remember saying, I think it's going to come back in September. Like, I think it's going to follow a very typical, almost like the schedule cable television used to be on with the spring premiere and fall premiere. And then there was an interview where they were saying, you know, like, you know, we're not even technically done filming season two yet. And I like lost a little bit of confidence. And so in my head, I was like, okay, maybe not September, but definitely at least like October, November, December at the latest. So for them to come back now and confirm our initial September thought is like, I don't know what I did to deserve this, but thank you. It was also amazing that we go from this incredible trailer to the final 10 seconds of Kim asking Pete to shower and then boom, September 22nd. It was just a trio of blessings. And you know what's interesting though? that I was thinking about. Obviously, last season ends with that cliffhanger of Chris in the group chat and we have no idea what's going on. They gave us absolutely zero, zero about what that could possibly be. I'm telling you though, I really think there is a legitimate possibility that it's the Kanye stuff. That's what I think as well. And there is a part in the trailer where Kim says, like, I'm usually holding it together. Like, I'm usually so together, but I've just been tested. I have to assume that's about Kanye as well, unless it's about Black China. No, I think it's about Kanye. I don't think that the Black China trial would rattle her or would have the capability to rattle her in the way the Kanye stuff did. I mean, think about it. When you look back at the most recent seasons of Keeping Up, the only thing that was ever really capable of straying Kim from her typical calmness were things related to Kanye. Right. No, it's so true. One of my favorite games that we've played is predicting what the short snippet quote is going to be about at the trailer and then watching the show and finding out what it actually was in reference to. Oh, best game ever. Most famously, when we found out that that conversation about Scott was happening at Courtney's engagement, which I think threw us all for a loop. But just to go back to the Chris thing for a second, I know we've been really speculating a lot about what she meant in that final episode when she said, you know, you guys have no idea what's going on with my family right now. 
I don't even think it's really worth us trying to figure out what that cliffhanger was. Because first of all, it could be anything. That could just be a general cliffhanger for the entirety of next season. I'm not saying it's not the Kanye thing. That is what my gut is telling me. But we have so many other concrete plot lines that they are giving us on a silver platter. Let's not make ourselves crazy with that one. No, no, trust me. Like I'm I'm not making myself crazy. I can very much divert my attention everywhere. <laughs> Every uh, uh, yes, I can. I promise you I can. Not in everything, but with this specific trailer, every single piece of it I can devote my undivided attention to each aspect of and also theorize about the potentials and things that we did not get shown in this. So Call me talented, I guess. <laughs> I want to talk about Kylie because, as we said, don't think we saw her so much last season, but any time that she was on the screen, I think we all had a general sense of excitement that her presence was clearly something that was very voluntary. And while that may seem like a low bar, we've come a long way from the later seasons of Keeping Up. Admittedly, I am just in such a Kylie phase right now that anytime I get her on my screen, I'm thrilled about it. I can't lie. No, I get it. I mean, recently, Kylie has definitely been giving the public a lot more, even with the constant date night postings with her and Travis, which we were talking about yesterday when we were walking, and we can get into my potential theories on that a little bit later on. But I think that in general, we all felt that there was this serious reluctance to exposure in terms of like what she was putting out. And so when she seems on board, it just feels more fun. I mean, to put it in the most oversimplified terms. I also think like she is just fun. And I think that's an aspect of Kylie's personality that we forgot about for a little while or that she maybe wasn't showing to the public. But like even in the last season of Keeping Up with the Kardashians, like, yeah, she wasn't super present. Of course, I'm not going to like say she was there all the time. No, that was one of our biggest complaints. But the moments we did get her in were great. And just to take that even a step further in terms of what we saw in the trailer, when she's saying to Kendall, you know, I just made a baby. I want to have my first night out. I think a reason that that's even more fun with Kylie specifically is because we know her friend group. I mean, her friend group is obviously the most active on social media out of any of the sister's friends. So when she says that, we immediately can think of the fact that it's going to be her and probably Victoria and Stoss and Kendall and maybe Haley and Carter and whoever else are their friends on a party bus and make up by Ariel. And we know that Kylie is going to be taking shots of 1942. And we can envision what that night out looks like before even seeing it because her and her friends give us that content when they go out because obviously they are the most, quote, young Hollywood of the family. And so I think that there's another element to it where it's like, if Kim says she wants to have a night out, which is not something she typically says, I don't even really know what I'm envisioning. Like my first thought goes to Dave Grutman, which clearly she has nights out in LA as well, but it's less of something that comes naturally. Whereas for Kylie, we see that group doing shit all the time. Kylie's friend group, and I actually like don't think I've thought about this until you just said it, but the reason that I love Kylie and her friend group and the way that they go out in that sense is because it reminds me of like, obviously it's not the same, but it's almost as close to like the early 2000s nightclub era as you're going to get. Like they go to the spots, they go to Delilah, like you know, they pregame and, and, you know, Stoss breaks her leg and they end up at Drake's house and it all feels so young Hollywood to me. And there's very rarely any other group of friends, I feel like, that you get that from. Well, also, and I thought you were going to say this when you queued it up to say it reminds you of the early 2000s, which, yes, definitely closer to that. Also, in a very strange way, it feels like it's the most comparable to our college experience or our abroad experience, obviously so different, but you know, the pregame and then the actual event and then the after hours. So like, yeah, <laughs> this is like the young billionaire version of that. You can kind of envision how it would go down. But isn't that like exactly what we're chasing when we look at our celebrities? It's like them doing things that we can relate to on a scale that we can't relate to. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, totally. That's what I'm saying. That's why it works. Right. Like it's that relatability of knowing that Kylie and her group of friends are all taking shots and they're at somebody's pregame and somebody's going to call the car and, you know, somebody's qu like quickly taking a couple of shots before they leave. Like, you know, it's like that again, that relatability in the unrelatable. And also, I think that being from New York and all of our experiences in terms of going out, being in college in New York and in the city, to see that LA lifestyle of going out is additionally something that we can't relate to just because of proximity. Oh, of course. I mean, I think it's funny, you know, those memes that are like, 
taking the final shot when the Uber says that it's here. I think watching Kylie's night out with her friends, you can imagine them sending that meme around of being like, so us. <laughs> Except for, for Kylie, she's taking a shot in 1942 and the Escalade's pulling up. But, you know, all in the same, just kind of a different font. Exactly. Also, you're going to die Kim's in the middle of this. I know. Are you dying? I, like absolutely losing my mind. The thing is, she, okay, yeah, obviously the kids look adorable, but Kim is so happy. Look at these photos. Look at her when she's on North's back. Like she has not had this type of a glow in so many years. No, this is absolutely incredible. There is something about her being on North's back. And it's exactly the conversation that we were having last week about the way in which North is growing up and seeing them become this little mother-daughter dynamic duo because North is really at that age now and, and continuing to grow up where they're becoming friends almost, which is funny to say, but like that one shot of Kim falling down on North's back, like it, that says it all to me. So the weather is finally getting a little warmer. And one of the most fun parts about the seasons changing is kind of the wardrobe revamp that comes along with that. And if you're looking to update your wardrobe without spending a fortune, I want to introduce you to Quince because I really think that they do quality essentials kind of better than anyone I found. And I've told you guys about them before, but specifically as the weather is getting warmer, their linen dresses, like such an easy throw on, so comfortable, such good quality. To me, if you put on a linen dress with a pair of white sneakers, a little cardigan over your shoulders, to me, that is such a chic look. Also, their washable silk blouses. They are so comfortable, but you look so put together. They have great like scoop neck t-shirts, just comfortable, easy staples. Like that is what I like about them. I think that you can really build just a quality wardrobe collection with their essentials. And the best part is that all Quinn's items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. So by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and then passes those savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm rather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash CBC for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash CBC to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash CBC. So Mother's Day is coming up and I know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom because realistically no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her. But I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candle, sweaters, gift cards. If you're looking to mix it up, I want to tell you about Aura Frames. So they were named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. And it's just the kind of gift that is guaranteed to bring joy because realistically, there's nothing our parents love more than seeing us. So for them to be able to see more of us, even if you don't live close by, like that is probably the best gift you could give a parent. They're Wi-Fi connected. They come with unlimited storage. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. And it's easy to set up. It takes about two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. We have one in my kitchen and... Every time my dad comes down for breakfast, like it just makes him so happy. There's pictures of me, pictures of me and my parents when I was little, pictures of my grandparents. Like I think as a parent, you never get sick of that. And it's just the kind of gift I know she will love. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code CBC at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. So an important element to discuss, which is actually something we didn't see instead of something we did see, is the absence of Scott in the trailer. And for anyone that was concerned or intrigued by that, I do want to remind you that when the season one trailer dropped, we also didn't see Scott in it. And then, of course, we find out that he's a very integral part of the season. So to me, that raises zero alarms. I think he will be just as involved, if not more involved, as he was last season. I just think it was intentional to not put him in the trailer. Yeah, I think that's something that we've noticed about the show is that it's become so much more focused on the women of the show and everybody else is a side character almost. And even Scott, who was so relevant and had had so many plot lines last season, he is not the main element of the show because it's just about the sisters and Chris. And so I think that's going to be something that you continue to see this season where Scott's going to have a lot of plot points. I think Scott's major plot point is going to be his relationship with Pete. It's just when they put forth the trailer, it is just going sister by sister to Chris rather than 
everything that's going on in their lives. Yeah, I mean, this trailer starts out with them at the Hulu premiere. And as we know, not only was Scott there, but we got all of those photos of him and Pete. So he will definitely be very involved. Obviously, the real question is, will the conversations about him and Courtney still continue? And I really do think they're going to be phased out. I mean, we see in this preview, I don't know if we'll get the actual wedding this season or if we're just getting the lead up, but we're seeing her trying on wedding dresses. Everything is becoming so much more real with her and Travis. And once they are married, I mean, once that is a permanent figure and the new phase of their life is figured out, there's going to be less and less for Scott to discuss. You know, so much of this discussion came from being in limbo. Once they're married, there's no more limbo to be had, really. Well, yes and no, because it then still brings up the conversation of what family events is Scott invited to? Which ones are he excluded from? And at what point does that start to become normal or do they start to figure out that aspect that's in limbo? And I think for Scott, as long as he's not being invited to every single thing that he was invited to in the past, he's always going to have an issue. He's always going to feel like there's something missing or some resolve that needs to happen. And so I hope this season, at the very least, we move away from the conversations about Courtney and Scott and their relationship not working out. But I don't know if I can see that we're so quickly moving on from the stuff that Scott was actually upset about last season. No, and you're right. I mean, listen, a direct counter to my point that I said a few minutes ago about, you know, now that Courtney and Scott are going to be married, his place is going to be solidified in the family and there's going to be less limbo conversations. The immediate counter to that is just because Courtney and Travis weren't married, his place in the family was very solidified. They were very much a unit. I guess I'm just saying that I think a lot of Scott's anxiety was anticipatory anxiety and figuring out the smaller details, which I'm sure on this season, there will be at least an episode devoted to his feelings about whether or not he'll even be invited to the wedding and pre-wedding anticipation. I guess in my mind, once the wedding happens, once they are officially husband and wife, I just have to imagine there's a little less newness for Scott to be getting used to. But yes, the point about his invitations, I guess, still stands. Maybe I'm just looking at it optimistically that that will work itself out because it was so clearly not a sustainable model last season. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, listen, I think there's always going to be things with Courtney and Scott that will take time to figure out or will just have to naturally adjust because the main thing that we saw last season with Courtney was just, I don't even want to say her unwillingness to have a conversation because I don't think that's what it is. I don't think that she doesn't want to have that conversation. I think it's almost like she feels she's not capable of doing it. I I don't know because both of those don't things don't sound great, but I can't imagine a scenario in which she wouldn't want the father of her children to be the absolute most comfortable with their scenario and the kids to feel the absolute most comfortable. So there's a part of me that then defers to the feeling of like, maybe she just can't bring herself to do that. And so that is an aspect of the relationship between Scott and Courtney where they are co-parents. Their kids are really young. They will always, always, always have to navigate being in each other's lives and communicating with each other. And I think that what you see with Courtney a lot of the time is just that extreme lack of communication. And that extreme lack of communication then leads to Scott's feelings of being unsettled. Well, also, as we saw last season with Courtney's conversation with Steph, she is done with the Scott plotline as it applies to her and Travis. She really does not want that. And so I think, you know, just thinking about them as executive producers for a second, especially if we're talking about their wedding, because think about it. She was pissed when it was just the engagement and their love story. If we're talking about their wedding, I think Courtney will do everything in her power to really cement that fairy tale Scott aside. So maybe we have a little bit of him kind of speculating about a potential invite, but I just don't think that's going to be the focus. Right. And that's where Kim and Pete can also come into play because that's the plot points that I would love to see more than anything of Scott is his interactions with Pete or even Forget about Pete being on the show because maybe, you know, we're only going to see Pete in that very limited capacity that Kim said that we would maybe just Met Gala, maybe just that premiere. I don't think we're going to have any scenes where they're just hanging out. But think about scenes where Kim and Scott are just hanging out and they're talking about Pete and their individual relationships with Pete. And Kim is talking about how happy it makes her to see Scott and Pete becoming friends and the kids talking about Pete. The kids talking about Pete just... Fuck me off. Could you imagine? 
Well, that's the stuff that we didn't get any of last season. And we know for a fact that as time has gone on in the six months after Kim and Pete started dating is when the kids started getting introduced. And we got a very small snippet of that when Kim was talking to Chris about that conversation with Mason, where Kim in turn then felt better about the idea of introducing her kids to somebody new. And not that we're necessarily going to get that reaction straight from the kids, but I imagine there will be scenes where Kim talks about what it's like to see Pete with her kids or what it's like to have to deal with Kanye in the aftermath of seeing Pete with their kids. Or, you know what I could imagine? Almost like a scene similar to the opening barbecue from last season. But imagine Pete was there and it's not even like he's being directly filmed, but let's say they're filming a shot of Chloe and Chris talking and in the background you can see that Pete, for example, is playing with Saint. Like That feels like something maybe we could get. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. So I don't know if you guys suffer from allergies, but kind of a new development in my life is that I apparently do. I didn't used to, but in the last few years, I've noticed specifically as the seasons change that I start to have allergies. And to me, there is nothing more uncomfortable than that feeling of nasal congestion. Like you just don't feel like yourself. And I was really looking for something that worked because so much of this stuff doesn't work. And I found Astapro to be really helpful. So I think it could be for you too, if you deal with this kind of stuff. So Astapro is a first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24 hour over the counter allergy spray. And it starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24 hour steroid free allergy spray. And Astapro delivers full prescription strength, indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose and sneezing. By the way, that 30 minutes thing is real. And for me to have relief in 30 minutes is just a game changer. Get fast acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing and itchy nose due to allergies. Let's talk about something near and dear to our hearts, our furry companions. Life is full of unexpected twists, just like the ones we love to uncover about our favorite celebs. But sometimes those twists involve our four-legged friends. Imagine navigating the unpredictable world of pet parenthood, where every day is a new adventure. Our partner, Spot Pet Insurance, wants to share a message to help make sure you're prepared for any unexpected curveballs, whether it's a sudden illness or an unplanned trip to the vet. Spot Pet Insurance can be your secret weapon against the unexpected. With Spot, you can get up to 90% cash back on eligible vet bills, helping you with those surprising expenses that seem to pop up when you least expect them. But wait, there's more. Spot Pet Insurance plans go beyond just offering coverage for accidents and illnesses. You can enhance your plan with their preventive care benefit, ensuring that routine wellness, vaccines, and more can be covered too. Head over to spotpet.com today to get a quote instantly. Trust us, it's the easiest thing you'll do to help secure the well-being of your dog or cat. Visit www.spotpet.com today. Paid ad from Spot Pet Insurance. Waiting periods, annual deductible, co-insurance, benefit limits, and exclusions may apply. For all terms, visit spotpetins.com slash sample hyphen policy. Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. The Black China trial is going to be fascinating to see the way that they cover this because you have to remember, we know this family very well. Loyalty is probably their number one thing. And then second of all, when they are attacked or threatened, the intensity with which they respond is something they speak of frequently. And we saw that the most on display last season with the Roblox situation. You know, Kim's on the phone with Marty Singer saying, we have all of the resources to burn them to the fucking ground. Basically talking about whoever the opponent is in whatever given situation with a real acknowledgement that they're going to be done after this. Yet with this particular situation, there's a level of complexity that we haven't necessarily seen because the quote opponent here is Dream's mother. You know, yes, obviously they do not want to be sued for $100 million. I'm sure they are very pissed at everything that's going on and I'm not saying that they're going to handle it with any sort of hands-off approach. At the same time, though, there's a certain way that they have to speak about Black China knowing that she is Dream's mother. This is Rob's daughter's mother. And I just feel like we haven't typically seen them in those situations because with Kanye, for example, right, even in Kim's most maddened state, she still has a certain level of respect when speaking about him. So this is like 
a legal situation on display that typically she would come out with that same Roblox energy, yet she has to kind of watch herself because of the familial connection. You know, it's interesting because when I saw that shot in the in the trailer where Chloe seems genuinely concerned about this trial, like she says, she is suing us for $100 million and we are leaving our fate up to 12 random people that could hate us. I was almost taken back by seeing Chloe talk about this trial, like from a place of actual concern. I feel like the last time that we heard them publicly talk about Black China prior to this trial was when they were on Watch What Happens Live. And Andy asked them, like, I think they were playing the game of like squash that beef or like, are you, do you still have beef with these people? And they bring up Black China. And Andy asked what the deal is. And they're like, she's suing us. Like, we're still in a lawsuit. Like, they, they they gave it absolutely zero energy, zero attention. And so I was surprised when the trailer came out that it was being spoken about in a level of seriousness that actually reflected the situation. Right. I mean, I don't know the details in terms of the progression of it. I don't know if $100 million was the same amount on the table when she was talking about this a few years ago. But yeah, clearly they're handling it with you know, a level of seriousness, which I think that's one thing, like let them handle it seriously. If anything, them not taking it seriously would maybe be less well-received because it almost comes across as kind of pompous. I don't know. I just think it's like such a unique situation because if this wasn't a family thing, they would be talking about it very, very differently. Well, it's also so unique because The fact of the matter is with this trial, as we saw this unfold and we learned the details of it, Black China never had a case here. Like it was very cut and dry what the situation was. And I think all of them knew that. The thing that they are concerned about is not any potential wrongdoing. That's not what they're saying. It's the fact that they are so famous and so aware of the way in which a lot of people hate them that that could then influence a jury decision. Well, yeah, that's the thing. When you're a Kardashian, you just lose the capability of an objective jury. Like there's no such thing as, well, just stay off social media or whatever it is. You know, the the jury knows about them all too well before even stepping into that courtroom. And you can't say that with every single celebrity. It's very possible that a celebrity goes to trial for whatever the thing is. And maybe the jury had heard of them, but doesn't really know anything about them to form an opinion one way or another. With this situation, you very well could have a jury of 12 people that have very legitimate preconceived feelings one way or another. Absolutely. Also, I'm so sorry to switch topics. I cannot get over Kim being at American Dream Mall in New Jersey. Okay. You need to tell everyone about what happened yesterday. So yesterday, I am on my way to Emma's. And when I leave the city, I drive past American Dream Mall. And I'm thinking of the fact that Kim brought Saint and Sam there when she was in New York. And I text them and I'm like, how fun is this idea? We should get so high, take an edible and have your dad take us to American Dream Mall, which is like a totally normal activity for a 25 and 27 year old to do. And... <laughs> We get to, I get to Emma's, we tell Steve the idea. He loves it, obviously. And we like, forget about it. We weren't talking about today. I just meant like another time, whatever. And the end of the afternoon comes around and Steve's like, are we going to American Dream Mall? And we're like, what? And he's (laughs) like, are we, do you want to go to the mall? And we're like, no, we didn't mean today. We'll just like go another time. Like we want to just like make that a day activity. And so he's like, oh, okay. I checked my phone this morning. Kim and the kids were fucking at American Dream Mall yesterday. <laughs> and the funniest thing about it is that when my dad was like, we're not going today. You don't want to do the indoor skiing. We were like acting as if he was so crazy that he could have possibly thought we actually meant yesterday. Meanwhile, he had the right fucking idea because if we just listened to him, we would have ended up at the American Dream Mall tripping on an edible with my dad, potentially next to Kim North in Chicago. Like that would have been a story for the books. You think us seeing her outside of the Freedom Tower a few weeks ago was something worth thinking about? Imagine us like out of our minds stoned with my dad and Chicago and her baby Balenciaga walk by. I'm sorry. (laughs) Like, no. The only solace I can take in that situation is that when we said to your dad, you would have taken us today. And he was like, yeah, of course. And we were like, but did you want to go? And he was like, no, not at all. Like that was the only thing that makes (laughs) me feel better about it is the fact that knowing that he would have taken us not wanting to go and we saved him from having to do that. And I would- 
happily sacrifice seeing Kim. Actually, I wouldn't happily sacrifice, but I will reluctantly sacrifice seeing Kim in a setting such as American Dream Mall so that your dad didn't have to do something that he didn't want to do. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I, I just think the reverse of that is like the real just dagger to the heart would have been if not only did he really want to go, so we not only stripped him of the opportunity to go, but we also missed Kim because that's just worst case scenario. Let me tell you right now, Em, I would have never recovered from that. <laughs> never, never. <laughs> Doing your hair has the potential to be such a time-consuming process if you're not using products that really work for you and honestly really work with you. And for me, I'd say generally speaking, my hair is pretty easy to manage, but it does get frizzy. I have a lot of split ends, so I'm always looking for things to manage the frizz. And recently I've been into a new product from Way. It's their anti-frizz cream. So it's a really lightweight cream. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours and also heat protection up to 450 degrees. So you're kind of killing two birds with one stone. And the thing I really like about it is that it helps reduce and repair split ends while quenching dry hair with intense hydration. So you can feel like it just feels good on your hair. For me, I get out of the shower. I always spray in the leave-in conditioner. I've told you guys about that before, but I love it. A little anti-frizz cream and you're good to go. I also, I mean, I love a lot of things from Way, but I like their detox shampoo. I don't use that every week, maybe once a week, maybe once every other week, but I feel like it gives my hair a really, really good clean. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T H E O U A I dot com and enter promo code CELEBS for 15% off any product. That's T H E O U A I dot com promo code CELEBS. People have so many different reasons for wanting to learn a new language. Maybe you have an upcoming trip or just want to pick up a new hobby or a skill or just connect with a new culture. I know for me, when I was abroad in Barcelona in college, I'm not going to say that I was fluent in Spanish, but I definitely got to the point where I felt really confident conversing. And when I got home, my dad said to me, Emmy, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And he was so right. Like I entirely lost it. So Rosetta Stone has been really helpful for me. So if you are in that same boat or you want to learn a new language completely, want to brush up your skills, whatever it is, I want to tell you about Rosetta Stone because they're the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it really kind of immerses you in the language that you want to learn. So first of all, they're the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. It's fast language acquisition. So they immerse you in many ways. First of all, there's no English translation. So you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language, which in my experience, I know I'm getting it when I start to think in the language. It's an intuitive process. So you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. And it's designed for long-term retention. Also, in terms of speech recognition, they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation and it's convenient. So desktop and app options with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. And it's an amazing value. You're getting lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone has to offer for 50% off, which is a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Comments by Celebs listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash comments. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash comments today. If you thought we were done talking about Kim's carousel Instagram post, think again because there is more to analyze. Are you ready? Am I ready? I've been listening to Justin Bieber, That Should Be Me, on repeat since I saw a chain <laughs> dangling over Kim's face. That chain felt personal, did it not? I, I can't talk about it. I, I cannot talk about it. By the way, we got so many DMs of like, wow, this really must feed into your guys' necklace kink. Yes. Anytime in the past we've spoken about the concept of being in bed and a guy's chain dangling over your face, like just reference slide two of Kim's Instagram. That's the exact feeling. Yes. Well, not exact, but something like that. <laughs> the tattoos that that the tattoos, you know, are, are a personal choice. You can either add that in or not. But anyway, listen. If you are not driving, I ask you kindly to pull out your phone, pull up Kim's second most recent Instagram post at the time that we're recording this, and it is the kiss face selfie of her and Pete as slide number one. Obviously, there are more interesting photos here, specifically her feet on his chest, but we're going to look at slide one for a second, and I want everyone to zoom in right by his collarbone slash chain. We see above the tattoo we've seen before, which is KNSSCP, known as Kim North St. Chicago Psalm. But right below that, we have the Jasmine Infinity Sign Aladdin, and that's something that's worthy of a discussion. I'm sorry. I can't stop looking about how high he is in this picture. He's so high. This motherfucker is dripping. His eyes cannot be open. They are slits. Just, 
Did you just realize that? Because I did. I hadn't noticed that before. I hadn't noticed. I was so focused on the tattoos. And now at the time where I'm supposed to be focused on the tattoos, I can't look at anything other than the fact that he can't open his eyes. Yeah. You don't think it was the sun, right? Like he was just absolutely stoned. <laughs> you sound like a mom that's like, I know my kid. They would never get eye. He was just looking <laughs> at the sun. <laughs> but was she maybe a little bit high? I hope so. Yeah, I hope so too. Oh, okay. <laughs> Julie, now you're like getting me on a tangent because now I'm thinking, forget about us high at American Dream Mall. Imagining Kim and Pete high at American Dream Mall. It's too much. I cannot believe the way in which American Dream Mall in New Jersey has become the backdrop of an entire conversation about Kim. If you would have asked me to pick two random things out of a hat, and one of them was American Dream Mall in New Jersey and the other was Kim Kardashian. Never in my wildest dreams could I have figured out a way to connect the two of them. And then <laughs> well, she just so happens to go twice. She doesn't just happen to go. It happens to be her favorite place. But what's so funny about it is that we always say, like, give us any random topic and we can do it in 60 seconds. Like, bring that somehow back to the Kardashians. The craziest thing is that if someone gave us American Dream Mall, we didn't even have to do it. She did it for us. Like, she joined those two things together without us even needing to connect the dots in the slightest. Forget American Dream Mall. I don't even know if I could have connected Kim to the state of New Jersey. Right. Let alone Staten Island. Well, that's a whole other story. Yeah. Okay. Can you zoom in on Jasmine and Aladdin, please? Yes. Zooming. I mean, the reason that I, <laughs> no, you go. No, I, I, you go. I don't, I don't, like, what am I supposed to say? I'm just, I'm losing it. The only reason that, like, I hate having the conversation about the tattoos is because, like, first of all, this Jasmine and Aladdin one is my favorite thing in the entire world. Sorry, not favorite. My girl is a lawyer is my favorite. This is second. I don't love the tattoo of the kids. Like, it, it's off-putting to me. Like, I find the whole thing a little weird. And so, like, I can't have a conversation about the tattoos without including that one. You can include that one. You're saying that when you zoom in on Jasmine and Aladdin, the kids' initials is right above it. Yeah, it's like I want to like gush over these tattoos and that's like my little roadblock. It's allowed to be a roadblock. I agree with you. I, I don't fully get that one. I find it to be slightly strange. Here's the thing, which op works in actually both ways, is that Pete is such a tattoo guy that no matter what tattoo he gets – it has less significance. It's not like Kim getting a tattoo. If these tattoos were on Kim, this would be a whole different story. So that same concept can actually be used to make you feel better about the initial tattoos where it's like, yeah, it's a little bit weird, but also it's not that weird because he uses his body as a canvas. And then at the same time, it makes the Jasmine and Aladdin one feel less fun because it's like, it's not that big of a deal. He's not permanently inking his body. It's like, yeah, I like this one. Let me put it on there right now. I jumped ahead because of the tattoo conversation to like the last slide and I'm just analyzing all of them and you can see some of the ones that he is getting removed like you can see his arms are much less I would love for him to tackle some chest ones next but that's what's always so interesting to me when we have the Pete tattoo conversation is at the same time that he's getting Kim related tattoos everyone else is also like yeah but he's getting rid of his tattoos and it's like is is he doing that or is he not doing that or is it only going to be Kim tattoos yeah, well, that's a thought that I hadn't even thought of. I don't know. Maybe he just wants more room. He has a lot. I mean, it's not quite – I wouldn't say it's as much as Bieber though, right? I'm looking at these photos trying to analyze that. Not as much as Bieber because Bieber's is like fully covering. Pete's are like a little bit more sporadic. <laughs> Do you yeah. know Pete has a Jewish star in his arm? No. Love that for him. Something else that I need to talk about for a second is some of these photos look – like straight, and Isabel said this, and I agree with her. Look like they were screenshots of a video almost. And if Kim was an artist, obviously we could maybe make the conclusion that this was some sort of a, a music video. Not saying it was, but also doesn't it kind of look like this is the making of a video? I can kind of see what you're saying, but I I don't think that's what it is here. Which is pretty poetic in nature. I, you know, that's probably the best compliment you can give a person. Your photos look like they're out of the video because they're so romantic and candid in nature. The My Girl is a Lawyer tattoo really, really gets me. I keep looking. I'm trying to find the branding, but I don't even know where to look for that. There's just a lot going on. There's really just a lot going on. She's just having a chill day by the pool with Pete Davidson and his gray sweatpants and champion boxers. I mean, I can't believe we got here. I can't stop 
thinking about my dad in my kitchen looking at you and motioning as if he was skiing down a mountain when you said American Dream. <laughs> Did you tell him? Can you bring him in here and get the live reaction of him telling him, please, I'll do anything. Please bring him in here. <laughs> To tell him that Kim was at American Yeah, please, Dream. can you bring him in? I have to tell him. You have to bring him in right now. <laughs> I don't know where he is. Let me, if I can find him in 30 seconds, I will. Hold on, okay? Okay. Come over here. Okay. So remember how yesterday we were talking about going to the American Dream Mall? Yes. You're not going to believe it. What? Guess who was there? Guess who was there? <laughs> guess who was there? Guess who was there? Who? Guess. Take one guess. Give me a hint. Huge, like Kim. big. Yes. Really? Yes. Can you believe and it? she went skiing? Really? Yes. And I said, "Let's go skiing." I know. <laughs> That's funny. That's yeah. what I said. Surely <laughs> <laughs> have to see him standing here with one AirPod. Okay, thank you. I love you. I love you. That may have been my favorite moment to ever happen on this he show. Has to see his face. Really? <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Wow, that just cracked me up. Okay. I could not tell you where we were. Okay. Let's just, let's end here with a few quick moments. One, Chloe's Instagram story where she posted those photos and some people could see on their Instagram. I personally couldn't, that she apparently silent tagged Tristan because underneath her name, it was like the at real Tristan tag. I don't know, but I don't really care kind of like, you know, can I ask a more interesting question than analyzing the Tristan tag. Yeah. When you first saw that post, because we didn't get the feature, I guess, that showed that he was tagged in it. I don't really know what that is. But when you first saw that post and it was just a thank you with no tag, because keeping in mind that every single other Instagram story of the flowers had the tag in it, did you assume it was from Tristan or did you assume it was like maybe somebody that she was seeing or none of the above? I assumed it was Tristan because I, I thought it was very- So did I. I just thought it was very weird that she was posting everyone else tagging them and then would have one not tagging it. You know, if, for example, if it was a friend, let's say an Instagramless friend, I think she would have written the friend's name. Right. Like the only two options were really, in my mind, Tristan or she's seeing somebody and she didn't want to say it was from yeah. them. But she's not going to, no, I, I, it was Tristan. I don't know. To me, it tells me nothing. I feel fully confident that Chloe will never, ever, ever get back with him. At the same time, I think that we're going to continue to see him at a lot of other family functions and we're just going to have to get on board with that, you know? Yeah, I think it's just she treats him with a level of humanity. She treats she treats him with, yeah, that we don't want to say. Right. It's like this guy has continually disrespected you over and over again, yet you still, when it comes to the way you're going to discuss it publicly, have a level of respect for him that I think your average person probably would not. And that's really the disconnect. And by the way, that's not for her to be shamed about at all. I think some people would applaud her for that. Some people would look down on her for that. Wherever you stand, fine. But I just think, generally speaking, it's not consistent with the way the public feels. Right. Like, technically, she didn't need to post those flowers. Right. Exactly. But for whatever reason it is, that's something that she wants to do. And to me, I'm like, do whatever you want. I, I obviously don't care. My only thing would just be making sure that no part of her is upsetting herself by doing that. Like as long as she doesn't feel at all disrespected by showing him in that light to the public, then go for it. You know, do whatever you want. Who am I to tell you what to do? Right. Last thing I want to mention is this Kim Allure article, which I'm sure you have all seen by now, titled Kim Kardashian and I Analyze Each Other's Faces by Danielle Perkiman. And it was basically a conversation between Kim and Danielle where Danielle was asking her what she had done to her face. And Kim admits to doing Botox, although she says she's done slightly less in recent years. And she says she's never had filler in her cheeks or her lips, which of course sent the internet into full chaos because the majority of people can't believe there's a world that exists in which Kim has not had filler in her cheeks or her lips. <laughs> and as far as I'm concerned, like, yeah, that is shocking information to me. I do find it hard to believe at the same time. This far in, I don't know why she's lying about that. To me, I just feel like she'd say it. To me, the far more interesting conversation is, what is she doing? I'll put it like this. Even if she has done cheek filler and lip filler, she talks a lot about these late night beauty treatments that go on at her house where Dr. Orion is coming over and he's lasering the shit out of her face. I need to know what those are specifically. Like, I would love a step-by-step -step breakdown, and I'm sure it's tens of thousands of dollars at times, probably even hundreds of thousands. But there's no way she is not having a collagen enhancing laser on her lips done very, very frequently, probably on her face as well. And like, that is the shit I would die for. That's what I want to know too. I want a step-by-step -step breakdown of 
every single thing she does. And she's not, listen, here's the thing with this conversation is like, that's what I don't get with the filler thing is like exactly what you said. Why lie? Because it's not like she's lying about the lasers. It's not like she's saying like, oh, you know, I just do a little Botox and then I have my skin Kim and that's really it. Like, no, she's admitting to the fact that she does a lot of laser treatment. She's posted about it before. She's done a lot of different facials. I want more than anything in the entire world, the breakdown of what she does, how often she does it, what areas it it targets, what it's for, how much it costs. Like that is the shit I would die for. What else do you want to say? The last thing that I want to say, which isn't even a full discussion, I've just so been enjoying Kylie and Travis posting on Instagram because I feel like, and on TikTok actually, because I feel like I'm getting such a glimpse into their relationship and they seem like they're in a really amazing place. And I love a time in which we know that social media is like exactly reflecting that. Oh, totally. Even when she posted the photo that Travis took of her and she made her caption like, I asked Travis to take these photos and then I realized after there's smoke in all of them, you know, she's she's leaning in. She's giving the people what they want. My theory on it, in addition to maybe just posting more because they really are in a good place, is that I think Kylie getting all glammed up and doing these very public date nights at Craig's is also like directly pushing back on a lot of the rumors that circulate about them, whether that's them breaking up, whether that's, you know, some of these other rumors that have been circulating. I just think that's kind of her way of saying, no, fuck you. You know, look at us now. Yeah, you said that yesterday. We were talking about this when we were walking. My view on it is that they are so just the type of couple. It's almost like in a high school way where like when things are good, they're great and they need everybody to mm-hmm. know about it. And I'm not mad at that. Obviously, we are not mad about that because the result of that is just more content, which when have we ever complained about that a day in our lives? Never. Never could. Never will. Never, ever. All right. Well, that was fun. We will see you guys. Is when I will see you guys for Bravo on Friday. I cannot wait to talk about Southern Charm. And that's all. We love you. Thank you so much for listening. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide.